Storytelling is a superpower that I have not conquered yet, but when I do and I am working on it, it is amazing what stories can do. It takes you to a place where you instantly understand what's going on and you connect to it emotionally and you remember it. Can you imagine having that kind of communication skill as a coach? (laughs) There are some who do already and others of us, we are working on it. So we're going to take a page from today's guest while learning how to be better coaches ourselves. He's an internationally known author. You guys will know his name immediately. And over the course of his 18, no, no, excuse me, 23 books, when you include the children's versions, he has made a huge impact on our world from leadership to business and especially sport. He's a keynote speaker, clearly an author, and an amazing storyteller. I cannot wait for you guys to hear more from John Gordon. He's here today talking about how we can be great coaches, and you're going to love it. He talks about positivity and communication and how to be great leaders even when things are tough. So I'm going to stop talking now. I'm going to jump on in. Oh, first, a little disclaimer. I had my two-month-old Tristan on my lap at this time. (laughs) Poor Alicia could not make it, so I was running solo, and of course, it was the only time of day he was actually awake. So if you hear his little coos, don't mind that. And one little section I had to re-record because he was talking the whole time. So if you hear some weird audio, that would be it. Otherwise, I don't talk much because John Gordon takes the stage. Can't wait to bring him to you. Enjoy the show. Get your head in the game, coach. You're about to get your audio dose of softball inspiration. I'm Melanie Rushing. And I'm Alicia Smith. And we help softball teams win more games and have more fun. Right now, you're joining thousands of passionate coaches across the nation who are dragging the field, prepping for the day, or driving to that other job while they learn and grow as a coach. So if you're ready to learn how to build a strong team culture, get your players to believe, and make a real difference in their lives, you're in the right place. This is the Mental Sweet Spot Podcast. Let's jump into it then. Okay. I'll be very respectful yeah. of your time. Um, I would love to hear about the latest book. Wherever you feel the urge to take it, please feel free. Uh, yeah. So my latest book to come out is from my wife and I called Relationship Grit. And right before that was The Garden. I wrote The Garden and The Relationship Grit right before the pandemic pretty much started, having no idea a pandemic was coming. And so my wife and I wrote Relationship Grit. We finished December 25th on Christmas Day. And then that night, I had the idea for The Garden, and I wrote that book. And in many ways, Relationship Grit is about our struggle, our journey of sticking together. And The Garden is about overcoming adversity and negativity and fear, stress, and anxiety, and all the things that we have to overcome, especially during this time. So one is about how to overcome the fear and anxiety that you're facing on an individual level. The other is how do you build a strong relationship through these kind of challenging times and stick together when it's easy to give up. And then I have a new one coming out with Kate Lavelle, who is a you know former lacrosse coach. And we wrote a book called Stick Together, which is all about a team coming together and learning how to be a stronger team. I love it. So if you guys are listening, write down all three of those and buy them immediately. <laughs> That's a perfect fit for what we do here. So I was just going to actually start with the first book up that you mentioned, Your Relationship Grip, because everything's a relationship. <laughs> Every interaction you have is built on trust and communication. 
what are the top things that you discovered through that journey, writing the book with your wife that could help us coaches? Well, I learned a lot in our own relationship, just being together all these years. And it really comes down to the four C's that we wrote about in relationship grid. And also I wrote about these in the power of a positive team and the power of positive leadership. And you have to communicate. So through the tough times, through the good times, through any time, you have to make sure you're communicating, building your relationship. Communication is the foundation upon which great relationships are built. And then we know great relationships build great teams. So if you want to be a great team, you want great relationships, you have to make sure that you're investing in that communication. You know, where there's a void in communication, negativity will fill it. So we always have to make sure that we're filling that void with, with positive communication. You got to take the time to connect because if you don't connect, you're not going to build that bond and you'll never have commitment without connection. So if you want to be a committed team, you have to become a connected team. And I find that's where we struggle the most as coaches and as teams. We don't take the time to connect. We work on X's and O's. We work on instruction, batting, throwing, how to improve our skill set. But we don't take the time to build the bond of trust and relationship and connection that is necessary for psychological safety. Psychological safety is the feeling that, okay, I feel free to share ideas with you. There's a freedom of failing that, or messing up or mistake that we know that we have each other's backs because we're connected, we're more committed. You know my story, I know your story. And as a result of that, we're here to play for each other, not against each other. And when adversity strikes, we don't run away from each other. We run towards each other. And that only happens when you take the time to connect. I'm a big believer in team building exercises. I believe every team should do them. You might've heard of the hero hardship highlight exercise I share that I learned from Corey Close. Who's your hero? You know, that story is always amazing to hear who, who you choose as a hero. Tell us about a highlight in your life that you're proud of and a hardship that you face that made you who you are today. When you know someone's hardship and you hear their backstory, you get to know that teammate so much better. And when that happens, the walls of pride and ego come crumbling down, that authenticity, vulnerability, paves the way for meaningful relationships and, and strong connections when that happens. I've never seen it go bad on a team when a team does that exercise. And you can add a fourth H, which is hope. What do you hope for? Because right now we all need more hope. And so what do you hope for? So I love when teams do this together to develop that connection. And then there's that commitment. You got to take the time to commit to one another. And what I learned with my wife, you know, is it requires service and sacrifice. You have to serve in order to be great in their eyes, right? One year I chose the word serve to be my one word. And my wife really loved that year. That was her favorite year I've ever chosen a word because I served a lot and I sacrificed a lot. I was more committed than ever. I made a greater difference at home. I was more invested in my kids. I stopped traveling so much on the road because my wife said she needed my help. And so I saw how my ability to serve that year and to commit that year really made me a better leader. Got to be honest, in the beginning of the year, it was hard. Every bone in my body was focused on me, but I realized I was at my best when I focused on we. And when I was serving her and serving my kids, I got better. I thought I wanted a different team in the beginning of the year, but I realized at the end of the year, I didn't need a different team. I needed to become a better leader. And when I became a better leader, we became a better team. And that only happens again through service and sacrifice. 
I'm still hoping my wife will choose the word cook one year, but that hasn't happened. And so, <laughs> so I'm still, still waiting for, for, for that one. Now, <laughs> I gotta be honest, I don't believe it's a woman's job to cook in the kitchen. I believe you share the duties and so forth, but you could still have wishful thinking, right? That she will say, I'm gonna get cook it. this year. <laughs> that will be awesome. But um, so we, we choose a word every year and uh, it does make our relationship stronger. And the funny thing is we'll even talk about that. And my wife will probably laugh when she hears this. So, so commitment is, is essential. And then there's care. It's about showing that you care. And it's always about the little things. We often think it's about the big thing, but with your teammates, like do you share an encouraging word? Are you, are you listening to them? Do you go and, and maybe drive them home after practice when they've had a bad day and, and talk to them? George Boyardi did that in, in the hard hat, the book I wrote, you know, real life story about a, an amazing captain who died on the field when he was 22. And the story goes that he would wait around and see who was struggling, who had a tough practice. And he would, take one of those players home every day and talk to them on the way, usually a younger player and encourage them. Imagine if we did that to our teammates, right? So it's those little acts of caring with a big dose of, of heart and love that makes all the difference. So communicate, connect, commit, care. Practical, simple, and things that we can do on a daily basis in this kind of simple framework, but it has huge results. So good. And who doesn't love simplicity? I love that you keep things simple and easy to understand, but so impactful at the same time. And speaking of, I think that blends perfectly into the second thing I wanted to talk about, which was the one word challenge. How do you pick a word each year? How do you revisit it? And how do you really make it a part of your life so that it's not just this fun thing you do at the beginning of the year, kind of like resolutions, but something that you take into your life and use it to make everyone around you better. So every year I pick a word for the year, usually around January. And that word is the word that gives you meaning and mission, passion and purpose. So it's amazing what happens when you, when you pick your word, it really helps you focus, but you have to keep the word alive. You have to keep that word front and center as a reminder so the way I connect with that word is, is I'll have a, a rock on my desk. Usually a, someone will send me a rock of my word. And I have that on my desk. I have a, a wooden carving that my good friend Dan Britton sends me as a reminder. And my word abide is my word this year. My word abide, I should say my word is abide. And so I've chosen that word. And so, so basically each morning I'm reading John 15 to remember the word abide, which is a, a powerful a scripture. So, so each year it's just a different word, but it's a reminder to live it. When my word was serve, it was like, okay, how can I put these into action? And I picked three practical actions that I was going to take each day to serve. And it was to serve at home. When I was on the road, I was going to serve in the airports and on planes to help people with their luggage, put it into the overhead bin and pulling it down. And then also I was going to find ways to, to serve others, encourage others. And I just found ways to do that every day to put that into practice. I love that. I think that's a message that we as coaches need to hear. Our players need to hear. It's not about the huge things. It's about the little things that you commit to over and over again. The other thing I was thinking of before we even talked about this, which is perfect that you brought it up was how, how do I put this? 
how you, you you take the judgment out of things you're the positive guy you got your positive podcast you're all about being positive but when things happen and things are hard you seem to roll with it better than most <laughs> what is something that you talked about with your relationship but what about with your business life what's something that was tough on you what set you off threw you off that you used your positive muscle to bounce back from no doubt it was COVID. When COVID hit in March, it was like, okay, what are we going to do? All the events are being canceled, our consulting, our training. We didn't know if we were ever going to do this again or when that would ever happen. It was a scary time. We didn't know what the future held. And so it was a very uncertain, fearful time. But I made a decision. I returned back to my rookie mindset that I had when I first started years ago in 2007 on my first book tour for the energy bus, I was going to encourage as many people as possible, one person at a time. So I was just going to, I was just going to find a way and ways to be a source of encouragement during this time. I even tweeted, I want to be a source of encouragement for you during this time. And I wasn't looking for money. I was willing to just do it to whoever needed it, any company, any former client, any team. I couldn't help everyone who reached out, but a lot did, and I had a lot of interactions with a lot of teams. I did over 280 virtual talks this past year. And so I was really busy living that vision and mission. And that was one of the ways I stayed positive by helping others, by being positive for others, you stay positive for yourself. Like the minute you're useful and of service, it's amazing how that improves your mood. And I gotta admit, I seemed positive, right? Cause I was tweeting, positive things and I was encouraging, but there were days it was a struggle for me. Days that I didn't agree with what was happening. And I believe that there was no common sense to the rules. I wasn't a fan of lockdowns ever. And now the research is showing that I was right. I even got lambasted a few times. I said it, people think, oh, you don't care about others. No, I care about others, but just lockdowns don't work unless you do it like a New Zealand, New Zealand or, or Australia, but even then they're still having to lock down even now, you know, like how long could you possibly do that from a humanity standpoint? So, so for me, it was a struggle, but at the same time I said, control what you can control. Win today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Just win today. I was talking to a former Navy SEAL named Chad Wright. I had him on my podcast, Positive University. He said, John, a lot of guys trying to be a Navy SEAL don't make it. They don't make it through Hell Week. He said, they don't make it through Hell Week because they're dreaming for it to end. They're longing for it to be over. He said, the ones who make it just want to make it to breakfast. And that was key for me. Okay, I'm going to win today. I'm going to win the moment. And that is something you have to identify what win today means to you. So for me, it meant I was going to stay positive, not allow all the negativity to get to me. I was going to make myself better every day. I was going to improve myself, read, exercise, get in the best shape ever, eat healthy, all those good things. I was working on my basketball game in the front yard during quarantine, right? Every day working on layups, jump shots, like an hour of drills basically I was doing. It was pretty cool. I actually got better. I was like, wow, okay. I, I can jump again. I actually had some ups. <laughs> well, not much, but a little bit. And so, um, you know, 50, 50 years old, not much, but, 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 a few, but a little bit. And I got better. And then I was like, okay, what else does win today mean? Encourage others. It's not a win if you don't make a difference today, if you don't encourage. And that's where all those talks came in. So every day I was doing that. So yes, I struggled with it, but I chose, I chose an attitude. I chose a response. 
I chose to find the positive. Instead of the challenge, I looked for the opportunity. And next thing you know, I did all these virtual keynotes. All these people hired me. I did a three book deal with my publisher to write more books. All these great things happened. Now, was there suffering and pain for many? Yes. I lost my uncle during this time. I got COVID during this time. My wife got it. My daughter got it. My son got it. We all got it. Was, were there struggles along the way? Yes. But I chose not to live in the struggle. I chose to focus and move forward towards a brighter and better future. And I chose the actions necessary to create it. And that's what we have to do every day. That's our choice, right? It doesn't mean you don't get down. You're going to get down. And it's normal to feel those negative emotions. It's normal to have fear and anxiety. So if you had them, it's okay. Don't beat yourself up. But the question is, how do you move past it? How do you lift yourself up? How do you feed yourself every day so that you can feed others? And you have to feed yourself because if you don't have it, you can't share it. Feed yourself and then you have the energy to give to your team, to your community and the people around you. Ah, so good. And that was a bit from the garden I'm taking it. <laughs> a, li a little bit from the garden in terms of overcoming those five D's, right? The mm -hmm. doubt, the distortion, the negative thoughts, discouragement. We don't give up because it's hard. We give up because we get discouraged. Distractions, a lot of distractions of the media and social media. And then division, the word anxious literally means divided from its Greek root word. And we had a lot of anxious people who felt divided and isolated and separate. Human beings were not we're not meant to be isolated like we've been. We're not meant to be disconnected. We need each other. We need community. We need connection. And so it's about getting back to that as, as soon as we can, as much as we can, and of course, as safely as we can. Absolutely. Oh, can't wait to get that one and devour that book as well. <laughs> so to be mindful of your time, I want to leave with just one last thing. If you could give coaches one tip from dad of an athlete, from a former athlete, from the guy who talks to all the coaches and athletes now, what's one thing that you just wish they knew or did? Love tough instead of tough love. Your team has to know that you love them. And when you do, and they feel that you care about them, you earn the right to challenge them, to push them. Tough love does not work anymore. Kids today, millennials, young athletes, college pros do not respond to tough love. But when they know their coach cares about them, loves them, invests in them, then they will want to give their commitment back. Then they are more loyal. Then they have buy-in. Because of that, because you cared about them, they will give you everything they had. But also, again, because you care about them, now you can push them and challenge them to be their best. And so you have to earn it. You can't assume that you already have their trust and respect. Coaches today have to earn it. Doc Rivers told me that when he played in the NBA, you met your coach, you respected that coach right away. He was your coach, you trusted that coach. He said, now when he meets players, they're like, yeah, who are you? You know, and he's got to earn their trust. He's like, that's just the way it works. And that's, as coaches, if we want to make a difference, if we want to have a greater impact, invest in your relationship with them. When you invest in the person, that person will become a better performer on the field. They will play better because you invested in them. Now, it's not why you do it. You need to do it because you want to help them become the best version of themselves, the best human being they can be. You want to leave a lasting legacy, not just wins on the field. And when you do that, though, when you do invest in the person, that's just a result that happens. They do become better. They do perform at a higher level. And you have a better relationship. I reached out to my coach 
January 18th, it was his birthday. He's 84 years old. I'm January 20th, so I know that his birthday is always two days ahead of mine. So I reached out, his name is Richie Moran. The Hall of Fame was named after him in the world of lacrosse. And so I said, hey coach, you know, happy birthday. He said, John, remember teammates are forever. I just love that. I said, so are coaches who impact your life forever. I mean, he really made a difference in my life, the kind of coach he was and who he was and how he changed my life. He just, he was an amazing coach who impacted me. So that's what I want to tell coaches, love, tough, and then also love and accountability. It doesn't mean that you don't hold your team accountable. You hold them accountable. You give them high standards. You set the standard. It's not okay to just show up every day and be subpar and be average. No, set the standard and then challenge them, encourage them and love them as they rise up each day to meet that standard. Love and accountability are the keys to great leadership. Too much accountability, not enough love. You're always driving and pushing. They will burn out and they will tune you out. Too much love and accountability, too much love, right? Then you're always loving them. There's a great relationship, but you're not helping that person be the best they can be. And sometimes they'll slack. Oh yeah, you have great relationships, but they never developed. They never developed to become all that they can be. So you got to have the combination of the two and you have to find the combination that works for you and you'll know it when it works for your team. And that is a wrap for today. Told you it was a good one, right? I challenge you to take at least five nuggets from this and start implementing them as a coach. I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that positivity has to be fluffy and airy and you don't have to hold anyone accountable. No, listen to what he's saying. These are actionable tips to be a positive influence while also holding your kids accountable to amazing standards that are going to help them excel. So you know you want to hit rewind, listen to this thing again, and I can't wait to see you again soon for another bonus episode. Thanks again. Have a good one.